best laid plans. This is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. And this is your host, Sarah Hart Unger. If I sound a little bit different today, it is because I am actually on a podcasting type retreat with my podcasting partner from Best of Both Worlds, Laura Vanderkam. Laura, would you like to say hi? Hi, everybody. I'm really excited to be here as a guest on Best Laid Plans. Or Sarah and I are sitting together on a sofa in her hotel room, which is kind of cool to be having this experience versus just looking at each other via a uh, Squadcast camera. So great to be here. Yeah, it's so much fun to do these things live. I will say it does take some planning to put these types of experiences into play, but they are always worth it. This is actually our second retreat of this kind, and I'm sure there will be many in the future. So I was super excited to have Laura on Best Laid Plans because she wrote, well, she's written many books. Laura is a fantastic author of many nonfiction books about time and enjoying our lives, I would say, is kind of the theme of her work, thoughtfully enjoying our lives. Thoughtfully. I, I, I like that. that up, but I like okay, it. I like that. And her last release, which came out just about a month ago, is called Tranquility by Tuesday, in which she comes up with nine rules that she tested out on a population of people to put into place that help them enjoy their kind of everyday lives a little bit more. And some of those rules, to me, were screaming, planning, planning, planning. So I was super excited to have her come on and talk about her book and some of those rules in particular. Yeah. I love all things planning and planning adjacent. (laughs) And I am a regular listener to Best Laid Plans. So this is very exciting. Yay. Well, before we dive into some of those rules from Tranquility by Tuesday, tell everybody a little bit about your current planning rituals, including any tools you use, any processes you do regularly. Like, What is Laura's setup? Yeah, well, this is the one podcast where I can talk about a planner stack and people won't be like, what on earth are you talking about? Yeah, so I have a couple of planning products at the moment. I am using a Whitney English weekly planner. It's an academic calendar. I don't know what size the paper is, if that comes into it at all. I've I've only learned from you that there are paper sizes. But the Whitney English was a suggestion from Sarah a couple years ago that she thought I might enjoy. So that is my main planner. I also have a weekly at a glance calendar. It is just a little dayminder kind of thing um, that uh, has a week on the front and back page and then you know the next week and so forth. So it's, it's very small. You can fit it in pocket and purse or something like that. And then I have an accessory notebook, which is just a random notebook. It has my initials on it. So somebody must have given it to me. I've never ordered a notebook with my initials on it in my life. So clearly this was given to me as a a present at some point, which I'm thankful to that person for for doing. And I am currently using it as a, a notebook accessory to my planning process. Anyway, how this all works. Fridays, usually, I sit down and think about my upcoming week. So upcoming week mostly means the next Monday to Sunday week. We'll, we'll get about the get into the weekend, you know, gap there in a minute. But anyway, so Monday to Sunday. And I look at my calendar, which is where I have written any time-specific things I am doing. I think about my life in general, and I then make a list of my priorities for the upcoming week on the right-hand side of the Whitney English planner spread. And so usually I have my professional priorities on the left side of the right page and my personal priorities on the right side of the right page. 
But, you know, I list them in a couple categories. There are things that are always priorities. For instance, right now I'm doing a lot of book promotion. So I'm thinking about promotion for TBT. What is, what am I doing in the next week? And that's where I'll list the various podcasts I might be appearing on, or if I'm doing any sort of newsletters related to it, um, producing some sort of content that might be related to getting news about the book out into the world. That'll go there. I'm usually doing things with Before Breakfast. This is my other podcast, Best of Both Worlds, obviously. I blog. So that that category is LVK um, and put that there. And then there's you know one-off things too. If I'm giving a speech somewhere, that might be a priority for the week or whatever else I'm doing. The personal ones, you know, if a kid has something special that week going on, if there's a conference, for instance, about a particular kid, or if somebody's starting something new, you know, somebody's trying out or auditioning for something or has a, a championship in a sports thing or any of those kid-related things, those might go there. If I personally have something going on I'm, you know, looking forward to or need to need to do, I mean, my medical appointments, if I had any, would be there, or maybe it's something that I'm personally hoping to do, like taking a half-day trip somewhere to go hiking if I decided to put that on as something to look forward to. Anyway, that all goes there. And then, you know, I make sure I know roughly when these things are going to happen. I work for myself, so my time is often not too strictly accounted for uh, in terms of anyone else paying attention to it. Obviously, if I'm giving a speech on Wednesday, I need to be at that place on Wednesday, so that's going to affect the timing of everything else. Or if I have a podcast interview at a certain time, that that's you know the hard landscape of the week. But you know, I sort of roughly think through when I would do the other things, you know, solve any problems I happen to have, and. Yeah, that's that's what that looks like. If I don't have anything I'm looking forward to, that's a nudge that I'm like, mm, I want something in there that I'm looking forward to. So I'll, I'll put put that there. Then the accessory notebook is just, you know, I make lists in the course of my life. Like, so for instance, if I am coming up with topics for something, or if I have questions, I'm brainstorming for someone. Those don't all fit in the Whitney English planner. So I tend not to do that. Oh, People are like, wait a minute, that's only the right side of the page. Yes, that was my question. Okay. <laughs> What's on the left? Side? Well, so this this may sound a bit redundant because obviously the left side has the days of the week. And so theoretically, I could put my time specific things in there, which are the things that go on my little weekly at a glance calendar. So there's a bit of redundancy here. But I find that I do the left hand side on each individual day, I do my to do list for that day. So I tend to do this more daily. Um, so maybe Monday, I would, you know, Friday looking to Monday, I might make Monday's to-do list there. But then Tuesday's to-do list would happen on Monday because it would be informed by what I got done on Monday, what came up in the course of Monday that I didn't know about that will now need to get done on Tuesday and so forth. Got it. So it's like your soft landscape for each day mm -hmm. and your hard landscape is in your day minder. Yes. That totally makes sense. I like to see it all in one place, but there's no reason that anyone needs to see it all in one place. Especially no. You could have them both open. Yeah, I can have them both open at one time. And and I I tend to write the things down on the Whitney English thing too. It's just more that if I'm looking forward several weeks, I put it just in this little calendar so I have it there. I, I don't flip forward, you know, 10 pages in the planner to put it in there. No, that totally makes sense. To me, it's like your day minder is like my weekly spread in my Hobonichi and then your the left-hand side of your Whitney English is my daily Hobonichi page. Yeah. And then my weekly list is like your right-hand side. So it totally all makes sense to me. I love it. Well, let's go and talk a little bit about some of the 
Tranquility by, well, tell everybody what tranquil, I just assume everyone knows what it is because you've all <laughs> read it five times already, right? Tell everybody about Tranquility by Tuesday and what the project actually was or is. Yeah. So in the course of giving lots of people time management advice over the years, I realized that I was often giving much of the same advice, that even though people's lives are very different, there are certain strategies that tend to work for a high proportion of people. And so I honed this down into nine of my favorite time management rules, and then I tested them out. So I recruited 150 people to learn the nine rules over the course of nine weeks. Each week they would learn a rule, answer questions about how they plan to implement it in their lives. A week later, I would follow up. They would answer questions about how the week went, you know, what they experienced, anything that changed. I could measure them on various dimensions over the course of the project. I asked, you know, gave them various statements of time satisfaction that they could then either, you know, strongly disagree to strongly agree with. And it turned out that over the course of the project, people's time satisfaction scores on this whole scale rose 16% in nine weeks. So that was a pretty good jump over the course. And those remained elevated one month and three months after the project ended. But the majority of the book is people's observations. So their answers to those questions, like, all right, here's a rule. You know, I explain why you should try it. Or you could try it. I don't like should. <laughs> These are options you could have in your life that other people have found helpful. So maybe you will too. And then, you know, I talk about the various challenges that my participants faced, how they overcame those challenges or things they needed to do to modify the rule in order to meet those challenges. And the results they experienced by doing it. So that's that's basically what the book is. Awesome. We are going to take a quick break and then take a deeper dive into some of those rules that are quite planning adjacent, if I do say so myself. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. 
No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back and I want you to go deep on some of these rules. So one of my favorites that I actually have to admit I was skeptical of until I tried it out and then I really, really liked it. So you must be onto something is plan on Fridays. So why Fridays? Why not another day? And then what kind of planning do you do? What does that look like? We talked a little bit about my planning process earlier, but why Fridays, I think is the key question here because, you know, your listeners don't need anyone to tell them why they should plan. They're, they're, they're cool with that. But Fridays may not be everyone's first choice of day. So I'm going to try to convince people that they should consider it as a planning option. So my experience is, you know, the people who are planning in weeks tend to choose Sunday or Monday as their planning time. And, and both of those have, you know, reasons people might do them. Monday makes sense. You're at the start of the work week, right? So you get to work and you think, what am I going to do this week? Like what's important for me this week? And it, you know, so you think about the, the upcoming week and, and that's great. Um, Sunday night is people who are getting a jump on Monday, right? It's the people who are a little bit advanced of that, who are like, okay, well, I could hit Monday running if I think about what I need to do Sunday night. And then, you know, Monday morning I can go with that. And there's reasons to think about both of this, but I think Friday has some advantages of both of those other options. First of all, many people who have Monday to Friday jobs are sliding into the weekend by Friday afternoon. They are not thinking like, yay, I'm excited to make progress on my personal and professional priorities right now. Like it's very difficult to start anything new at that point, but you might be willing to think about what future you should be doing. And so if you were just going to waste that time, like figuring out when is it acceptable to sign off or to leave the office or anything like that, you may as well repurpose this time as planning because then you're turning what was wasted time into some of your most productive minutes of the week. Friday is also business hours. So if you find that you need to make an appointment somewhere, if you need to set up a meeting with someone, you are more likely to reach them than if you are reaching out to them Sunday night. Now, obviously, if you are managing people, they will probably respond to your email on Sunday night, but you should think long and hard about whether you wish to be the manager who is doing that, right? (laughs) So uh, planning the week on Fridays may be a little bit more courteous to your employees as well so that they don't need to hear from you on Sunday night. It is also, you know, it allows you to use all of Monday. Many times we have more energy for stuff at the start of things. That's just the the nature of starting any project or, you know, New Year's resolutions. But we, we have more energy at the beginning than we do later on. And so that high energy time of Monday morning might be best given over to execution on things as opposed to figuring out what you should do, which again, you can do at times when you are not 
in that execution energy mode. If you plan on Monday morning, that's great, except you can't then use all of Monday, right? You, many of the things you'll be planning to do can't start till Monday afternoon or maybe even Tuesday if you're trying to set things up with people. So we've just dramatically shortened our work week if we're not using all of Monday. And finally, you know, it's about the Sunday scaries. So even if you enjoy your job, you love your job, you often get this sense on Sunday afternoon of like, oh, what's waiting for me? Like, I know I've got so much stuff going on. What am I going to do? I don't have a way to deal with all of it. And then you come up with a plan on Sunday night and then that's great. But if you came up with that plan on Friday, well, then you've solved that problem and you don't have to worry about it all weekend and you can relax and enjoy a little bit more. Yes. And I also found it very useful in planning out like social events over the weekend because you can think like to that weekend ahead and you can fill in the gaps for the weekend that's about to come up. So you can kind of look at both at once. It's like a natural time to do that. And yeah, I found it really helpful. I'm a convert. I haven't always been able to fit it in every Friday, depending on what's going on. But when I find that things are slower, which often they are, funny enough, (laughs) um, I love being able to do it. Yeah, that weekend gap, I realized I didn't answer that question. Um, You know, when I'm planning on Friday, I look forward to the Monday to Sunday week that is coming up. So I'm really thinking about the next weekend. But it does give you an opportunity to, you know, fill in any of the gaps or figure out any problems that have arisen in the upcoming weekend. And I often use some time on either Thursday or Friday to send around our weekend email of like, what is our schedule, which, you know, I'm sending it to my husband, but it's also helping me think it through to make sure that we know what's going on for everybody through the entire weekend. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's about planning the upcoming weekend and then filling any of the gaps in on the weekend that is about to hit. And Laura has five children between toddler and teen. So she has a lot of moving parts that she (laughs) will be often thinking about. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Batching. So you are a batcher and that is, I believe, one of the rules. Rule number eight. Yes, yes. To batch the little things. Talk about your, your batching process and your punch list. My punch list. You know, many of us are managing a lot of things. I mean, part of the nature of having many children is they have many things going on. And, you know, somebody needs like money for the pretzel sale that's coming up and somebody else has a permission slip for something, or there's a form that needs to be signed so they can audition for the school play, or, you know, you need to make an appointment for a kid somewhere, or, you know, this stuff happens in our professional lives too. I mean, there are bills I need to send out or bills I need to pay, or somebody needs a form filled out so that they can pay me or whatever it is that needs to happen. And none of this is like top priority stuff, but it does still have to happen. And we can offload some of it. We can share the load on these things. We can often hire help with some of it. But again, some of it just, it's little. And so it's naturally going to fall to us to deal with. And it can feel like we are always doing these things if they are always options. And that's when I think people get really, you know, weary of the whole mental load thing going on. It's like, oh, I've got, you know, I want to do X, Y, or Z, but I have to fill in this permission slip and order the pretzels and, you know, fill out this form for HR and whatever else it is that you have to do. So don't let it be an option all the time. Choose a time when you will do these things and then do not do them at other points unless there's, you know, a huge emergency that you have to fill out the permission slip at some other point. So many people, if if you have a lot of these little tasks and they do need to be done relatively frequently, you could choose a short batching window each day. So maybe like right after lunch or something, you tend, you know, 20, 30 minutes and plow through all these little tasks and then don't let them be options the rest of the time. For me, I do some of that, but I try to stack many of them up for Fridays. So when I encounter some little task earlier in the week and I'm like, hmm, 
I could answer that invitation about something that I haven't decided exactly what to do, or I could fill out that form or pay that bill or whatever. I say, no, there's a time for that. That time is Friday. And then on Friday, I work through this punch list, right? I just create this ongoing list through the week where I put all these things on. Usually it's on the lower right-hand side of the right page on the Whitney English. And I just go through them all like one after another at some point on Friday. And, you know, I feel really productive because I'm crossing like 20 things off the list, but then they haven't polluted my schedule the rest of the week. I was going to say the real beauty, it's not getting those things done because you would have gotten it done. It's the fact that you're not thinking about them at all. They're not like stressing you out or weighing you down during other times. Yeah. And they don't stress me out because I know there's a time to do them. I'm yes. not, you know, thinking like, oh my gosh, I got, you know, this permission to, to fill out. What if I forget? It's like, no, it's on the list. Like I know it will happen. So I don't need to worry about it now. Awesome. All right. Well, the last one, and this could this could have been relevant this week because, as I mentioned, we're on a little retreat together, and there happened to be a little tropical storm slash hurricane Nicole that blew through that same week. So I'm sure you were thinking of all types of backup plans. I don't remember what number it is. You'll have to tell us. But I know one of your rules is to create a backup slot, and I think this is so important, especially for those of us who have many things in their life that could go wrong and, <laughs> and make the rest of it be difficult. Yeah. Rule number five is to create a backup slot. And and this is about encountering life as it is. I mean, I, I always say that like anyone can create a perfect schedule. The true time management masters create a resilient schedule. And that is one that allows you to still make progress on your goals, even when life doesn't go as planned. Because I don't know about you, my life often doesn't go as planned. I, stuff comes up, right? Like there's a hurricane and I'm trying to go to Florida. Like, okay, how are we dealing with that? You know, people can have childcare crises. We can all get sick. We can, you know, have stuff come up at work. And it's not just bad stuff. Like good stuff can happen, right? You can like all of a sudden have a huge project that you've been like dreaming about getting for the last year. It's suddenly green lighted this week, right? And you're like, wait, now I have to find the time to do it. How do we find the time to do it? Well, we need to leave more open space in our lives. So I make a habit of leaving open space whenever possible. I mean, usually it's on Friday that I try not to schedule much other than my planning and my punch list on Friday. But, you know, here we are, we're recording this on Friday. I, I'm not religious about it. It does, you know, I will do awesome things on Friday. I won't always keep it open, like if they come up. But because of that, I needed to create some more open space on Wednesday. And I'm, I'm planning on having some open space on Monday of this following week to catch up with the stuff that I didn't do over the course of Thursday, Friday this week. And it's, it's just about making sure that you have the space for when life happens. You know, we want to think of backup plans too. I know this is a planning podcast. We make our plans. And there's a great statement that's attributed to Dwight Eisenhower that plans are worthless, but planning is everything. Because even if your plans can't happen exactly as you wished, the process of thinking through what is important and what you would like your life to look like and what is what you need to do, what you want to do, allows you to pivot when life then doesn't happen as you wish. And, you know, I, I try to take that to heart. I, I had been thinking through, I actually put on my to-do list earlier this week, like, backup plans for Thursday and Friday, because I had in my mind that I wanted to fly to Florida on Thursday morning. I can also see this hurricane barreling into the eastern coast of Florida. I was following it very closely. It looked like it was coming ashore at Orlando, and it would be mostly through by the time I came through. But that doesn't mean that American Airlines was going to send their plane. 
But in fact, they did. But I had that thing. What what would I do if I didn't do this? And so I had a few things that I was first to get here later. Like I had a backup plan of getting a ticket on Frontier or Spirit, which flew to Fort Lauderdale and could fly later in the afternoon. So once the hurricane had for sure gone through, I could you know maybe get a ticket on one of those uh, and start our retreat a little bit later. So that was our first choice of backup plans. If I couldn't come here at all for whatever, if it had been a much bigger storm or something, I asked Sarah if she did have a preferred backup option, if we would reschedule at some point. And then I was also thinking of things I could do in my neck of the woods that would use this time that I had carved out, you know, if I would go for a hike or do something else to to use the time. I am so glad it all worked out. I'm glad too. Your backup sounds very strategic. I'm also (laughs) glad you didn't quote John Lennon instead of Eisenhower, (laughs) which my my father wrote on my blog, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I I don't like that. It doesn't mean you shouldn't shouldn't make make plans. plans. No, no. I mean, uh, this is, you know, not to get on too far of a tangent here, but I mean, there's so many wonderful things in life that won't happen if you don't plan them. I mean, maybe there are some people who are just going to have like, an extended family trip to New Zealand drop into their lap. I I don't know, but it seems to me that if you want that to happen, you're probably going to have to plan it. Or, you know, maybe something will magically come up where somebody's like, I just applied to this professional development program. I filled out your master's degree program application for next year for you. Like, it doesn't happen. Like, if there are things you want to do, well, maybe, you have to plan them. Maybe John Lennon wrote that quote when it was like 1970 and stuff would just drop into his lap. Because, <laughs> because he was John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I guess if you're rich and famous enough, people come up to you with opportunities all the time and then you're just picking through them of which is the most awesome and amazing. But for those of us who are are mere mortals, mostly we have to take a more proactive approach. And dad, I still think it's a great quote. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least the music is good. The music is excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Tell our listeners, those who don't already listen to you, all the places where they can find more of everything that you do. Yeah. Well, you can come visit my website, lauravandercam.com. I blog three or four times a week, not quite as frequently as Sarah. I admire her persistence at blogging almost every single day, which I have not never been able to achieve. But I do blog frequently, so you're welcome to read my posts and join the comments section there. I have two podcasts, Before Breakfast, which is a short every weekday morning tip to help you take your day from great to awesome. And of course, because no one is ever going to have enough of Sarah, you can listen to Best of Both Worlds and hear me talking with her every week. So we hope a couple of people will cross over and listen to that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do it live. And I'll be back next week with more planning fun. As always, you can leave your comments on theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. I should mention, uh, we do have a wait list open for the next BLPA cohort. If you're interested, the very first one is full because I'm keeping it small because I want it to be excellently run and, you know, give everybody personal attention, but I'd love to have you in the future. So just check out the Best Laid Plans Academy tab on my website if you're interested in that. And then otherwise, yeah, you know where to reach me. If email is easier, you can use shoeboxblog at gmail.com, S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. And I will be back next Monday with more planning fun. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network.
Sound Advice FM, Women's Voices Amplified.